Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to season seven of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. The issues we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage, people seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Jonathan. How are you? Excellent, excellent. I am having a great time. You know, you and I are making movie plans. We do hang out outside of uh, on uh, podcasting. So We do talk about more than just the podcast topics, yes? That's true. But, you know, one of the things that we also like to talk about besides movies is uh disclaimers and the importance of disclaimers <laughs> we, do, we do like talking about disclaimers yeah. we, we and, really give, and giving disclaimers we, we, like we do like them. we do we do like to give them yeah. so here's one for you all right the seriousness of these issues often result in people not hearing both sides before judging the issue with that said we encourage you to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves okay joel yes also great advice in, great no, advice. thank you thank you yeah. also in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself joel we highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that are referenced during this episode joel okay that sounds good and we will reference other episodes during this episode mm-hmm. here's my disclaimer oh that's so fun thank you jonathan yes these are all topics that have been debated at length. Mm-hmm. The reason they have and continue to be debated is because traditional debates do not work. Those type of debates pit two sides against each other. And what ends up happening is both sides are more concerned with proving their own point and then become overly emotional about the topic, possibly even triggering and getting the other person they're debating with to trigger as well. Instead of trying to learn something new or finding out how they could be wrong. When it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves even deeper into what they already believe. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, and we saw with the previous six seasons that each issue has two perspectives that distract people away from the ultimate answer. We called those the strict and loose side of the argument. Could you give us an overview of those sides, Joel? Yes, sir. The strict side invites and initiates conflict on these topics. We could see this side as being a bully, using intimidation as a tactic to control people. This side holds people to strict standards, hence the term strict perspective in which they rationalize away any need that they would have, the person on the strict side, to hold themselves to that same standard they're holding other people to. And unfortunately, these people become hypocrites, like the Pharisees, when they're confronted and they respond by justifying why it's okay for them to hold other people to a higher standard than they hold themselves to. The loose side avoids conflict and avoids tension as much as possible. The standards they hold themselves to are based on how they feel and how other people feel, which unfortunately for them leaves them with no objective measures for what's right. What's the moral answer? What is right and just? What is the truth? 
behind this topic. This side tends to be an enabler. And what that looks like is removing any discomfort brought on by confrontation. These people show they don't actually care for others when they avoid confronting people who are in pain for their own benefit. Right. So we either have bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. That's the way that we can represent both sides. Now, the number one technique we're going to use throughout this season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making my point. It's the only way that we're going to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to actually listen to the other side once they know they've been heard. So instead of just hammering your point and getting more emotional, understanding someone causes them to be less emotionally charged. Nice, yeah. Now, debating would be a benefit if seeking first to understand was the guiding principle that the debating mediators followed. Essentially, what we're doing is we're trying to help you, listener, become a mediator in the most intense topics. Yeah, I like that. We're giving you the tools to be that mediator. So a mediator is not trying to prove their point. They're just trying to facilitate understanding between parties. Yeah. That is why we will focus on seeking first to understand. So with all that said, Joel, what is the topic we're going to discuss today? Today's topic is racism. Racism. Yeah. Well, this is another tough topic to discuss because once again, it's such an emotional topic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's similar to our last episode on slavery. So rather than summarizing this topic into a strict and loose side, which will likely cause some people to trigger and not get all the information, we're going to skip those sections and immediately go to the ultimate answer. Then we will end with information specific to this topic. Awesome. Sounds like a great idea. So let's start with what is the ultimate answer? The ultimate answer, as with every episode, really, as with every topic, especially the overly emotional topics, is big picture, leadership, grace, and love. We say big picture because that covers every topic. Right. Leadership, grace, and love is the ultimate answer with an emphasis on Paul's approach that we shared in our season seven supplementary episode. So before discussing racism, if we're trying to bring a benefit to the person we're talking to, we need to know whether we are talking to a believer or an unbeliever. Before discussing racism, if we're trying to bring a benefit to that person, we need to know whether we are talking to someone who is strong in the faith or weak in the faith. We do not want to cause a believer to stumble, and we want to reach the unbeliever for God. Now, what this looks like in the context of leadership is we ought to seek to understand the other person's perspective. With this topic, we can start with making sure we understand each other's definitions of the key words we're using. With the racism topic, we need to understand the definition of racism. Nice. That everybody in the discussion believes. 
What is each person's definition? As it relates to the principles of grace and love, ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love them. And grace and love are the key to avoiding, enabling, and judging the other person with the hopes of either winning or edifying them. So please listen to the Grace and Love episode, season two, episode 13, season one, episode 15, respectively. If you do that and you keep those principles in mind with the intention of hearing the other person, then I think you have a good shot at having a profitable discussion with the person over the topic of racism. Now, in this specific topic, the first place to begin, like we said, is the definition of racism. Here's one that I think most people would agree with. Racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism by an individual, community, or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Now, if that is the definition, then clearly racism is wrong, which that would have been the strict side of the argument. If we consciously know racism is wrong, and the majority of people agree with that definition of racism, then why are people racist? The answer, racism is an unconscious issue. Hmm. I'd go ahead and listen to the human thinking and animal thinking episodes, season three, episode 10, and season three, episode eight, respectively, give you some better understanding of the conscious brain and the human thinking episode and the unconscious brain, and the animal thinking episode mm-hmm. to kind of get some more clarity on what we mean there. But we will get into what this looks like as it relates to racism. The cover story for the September-October 2019 Harvard Business Review magazine spoke about the dangers of categorical thinking, or as we have referred to as analysis or analytical thinking. Listen to the season five, episode 13, dissolve episode for our reference of analytical thinking. What we saw with this analytical thinking is that everyone's brain, every human's brain automatically works towards analysis and it consists of three steps when approaching a problem. One, take the thing apart. Two, fix the parts. And three, put the thing back together. Sounds obvious, right? Yep. Well, we saw that analytical thinking works great with inanimate objects. Think a car engine. However, when it's applied to human beings, it creates three more problems. Think law of unintended consequences. And the overall stress of your solution is actually worse than the original problem itself. Now, back to the Harvard Business Review article I referred to. This article showed why this occurs 
when it looked at categorical thinking and said, quote, categorical thinking can be dangerous in four important ways. It can lead you to, one, compressing the members of a category, treating them as if they were more alike than they are, two, amplifying differences between members of different categories, three, discriminating, which would be favoring certain categories over others, and then four, fossilizing, which is treating the categorical structure you've imposed as if it were static, unquote. Okay, we'll we'll go into this a lot further to break these four things down, but think about it. You can take any tangible thing about human beings, skin color, ethnicity, age, intelligence, the behaviors. Now what we would do, you could take those tangible things about humans and put people on a spectrum. So let's say skin color, for instance, and put it on a spectrum. What we do is we categorize categorical thinking. The skin color on a spectrum from light, somewhat light, somewhat dark, and dark, for instance. Then we categorize according to the four ways taught in that article. So one, we compress all of these unique individuals on the spectrum to be in one of those categories. So we take every skin color and compress it to those four, light, somewhat light, somewhat dark, and dark. So really what happens then is two people who were right next to each other on the spectrum might now be in different categories altogether. Which means, number two, we amplify the differences. Yeah. Analysis encourages humans to exaggerate differences between categories, leading to stereotyping and seeing categories where none had existed. Number three, this then leads to discrimination. Once we silo people into categories, it leads to humans tending to favor certain silos over others. And then number four, finally, this leads to the fossilizing. Silos being seen as static. What that means is unchanging, and it reinforces a fixed mindset, essentially saying our way is the best. So when we apply analysis to people, we amplify the fixed mindset of stereotyping and discrimination of humans. So with all that said, this really does bring in the loose side of the argument. We see this categorical thinking that we naturally think according to and how it causes us to compress, amplify, discriminate, and fossilize. And we would say on the loose side that we are all naturally racist. A great example for how this categorical thinking leads to contradictions is with the DEI movement, the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. What is their measure for diversity? Well, you know, one of their measures is skin color. Hmm. 
So isn't this movement then saying that all people with a certain skin color are intrinsically different from people of other skin color? Which leads to another definition of racism. The second definition is the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. Now, hold on a minute. Let's take our time here. Think about that definition. And let me ask, isn't this true? Hmm. Aren't certain races more and less susceptible to certain diseases? Are certain races superior in physical abilities to the point we have movies stating white men can't jump? Now, we have talked about unity through uniqueness in season four, episode 12. Topic was unity in that episode. So we do believe in DEI, the diversity, equity, inclusion, because we know the true measure of uniqueness is the motivational spiritual gifts. Season four, episode 13. When diversity, equity, and inclusion programs fail, is it because we only value people who appear different on the outside? Or is it because people don't understand what truly makes them unique on the inside? Self-esteem is confidence in your uniqueness. Are we holding people back from growing in self-esteem because we are distracting them with the tangible and physical qualities which prevents them from being aware of and growing in their true intangible and spiritual uniqueness? Now, we believe every community, including corporations, would be stronger and more profitable if they truly valued people for their uniqueness. One of the questions I've heard people ask of the DEI movement, diversity, equity, and inclusion movement facilitators is, if diversity makes everything better, do you practice diversity in your personal life? The response they get is, they aren't allowed to ask that question. So we have shown how solving people's problems is analysis and makes everything worse in the long term. We saw that God never solved a people problem in the Bible. He always used dissolve, which looks to the intangible cause, the spiritual cause. Ultimately, if someone really wanted to dissolve racism, they would use the following process that has been proven by a gentleman named Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis is a blues musician, but he also has what some might call an interesting hobby. For the past 30 years, Davis, a black man, has collected 200 robes from Klansmen who have left the Ku Klux Klan because of him. How did Daryl Davis do this? Step one, he spoke with people focusing on looking for topics that both people got energy talking about. Hmm. He is even quoted saying, 
If you spend five minutes with your worst enemy, it doesn't have to be about race. It could be about anything. You will find that you both have something in common. Something in common. Step two, he continued talking with these people whenever he met with them until they unilaterally decided to quit the KKK and give Daryl their robe. He was quoted here saying, as you build upon those commonalities, you're forming a relationship. And as you build about that relationship, you're forming a friendship. That's what would happen. I didn't convert anybody. They saw the light and converted themselves. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Oh, it's so incredible. What a story. Wow. So Daryl Davis never told people, stop being racist. He didn't consciously confront them. Instead, he unconsciously confronted them and reached people in their uniqueness, which caused them to look past his skin color and see his uniqueness. We are all naturally racist because we look to the tangible and physical because our brains naturally work according to categorical thinking or analysis. God wants us to look to the intangible and spiritual, which means we ought to look to synthesis thinking, resulting in us thinking more like God, approaching every human issue through dissolve. The existence of racism and the approach towards racism proves whether a person is pursuing godly thinking or not. Oh, man. I know. Oh, man, that is so good. Yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah. There's a little push and pull going on there. Yeah, I thought I thought you lost. You, you, I thought you lost me and then you brought me back. Then you lost me again and then you brought me back to go yeah. right past to the intangible cause. Yeah, there is a lot of push and pull. A lot of, you know, the point. It's emotional. Stuff. It is. It very it's, much it, is. It's an emotional. It's an emotional topic. Well, thank you, Joel. I think you approached that in 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 an incredibly caring fashion. So I want to repeat back to you to your satisfaction on what it is that you've shared with me. And and obviously we need to start with um what you were sharing about love, leadership, and grace, where grace and love are the key to avoiding enabling and avoiding judging. And leadership is all, all about taking direction from God to facilitate someone's purpose and progress. Nice. Yeah. So this topic comes down to how we approach this issue. Really, it comes down to how we approach human beings. This is about how do you think about a human being? Yeah. What makes a human being who they are? Now, humans are naturally categorical thinkers. We analyze information which results in all people naturally being racist. We, it's analysis, it's comparative, right? That's the human thought process is naturally comparative. We naturally look 
for the tangible and physical characteristics. So we can put this person in this category, this person, in this category, this person in this category. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld, very famous comedian, said Americans don't typically like soccer until the World Cup comes around. He's got a show and he talked about we as Americans typically love the little categories. Here yeah. comes the Germans. Here comes the French. Here comes Mexico. Here comes. And it's just what we do is we can see all of these categories of people and how they look and That's how good, they man. are in, in their own their own individual category. So it takes an intentional effort to act apart from the natural categorical thinking in order for us to do what God wants us to do. This is in every area in our life, but especially yeah. as it applies to humans. But what is that? Well, God wants us to look at the intangible and the spiritual. God looks on the heart. not Don't yeah. look at the stature of him. Look at his heart. Nice. Which means we ought to look to synthesis thinking, resulting in us thinking more like God, approaching every human issue through dissolve. So going back to the heart of the person or the yeah. soul of the person, the things that cannot be seen. So the existence of racism and our approach towards it prove whether a person is pursuing godly thinking or not. Because honestly, if we're going to approach racism based upon conscious human thinking, we're going to make people more racist. Yeah. Oh, man. We're okay. increasing the problem. Yeah. We are trying to solve an issue, stop being racist, and we are making three times bigger issues. Yeah. Currently, it's not working. So every community would be stronger and more profitable if they truly valued people for their uniqueness, the intangible, the soul of the person. And that is how you dissolve racism. Look past the physical characteristics. You're not saying you don't have you you don't need to ignore it. You can acknowledge uh, it, yeah. but you look deeper, deeper. than that. Nice. You look past it, you look beyond it to the spiritual uniqueness of the individual. That spiritual uniqueness cannot be categorized. It's too vast. Yeah. The uniqueness of the individual is way too vast because every person is the only version of themselves. Oh, man. Joel, is that to your satisfaction? Yeah, that got me. That's good. That's <laughs> truth, man. I love it. I feel, yeah, I feel heard. I feel understood. Thank you. That, what, a, what a really emotional topic that when you know the dissolve becomes very, very inspirational and profound and opposite end of the spectrum on the emotional scale from like oh i don't want to talk about this this is so hard to wow i'm inspired and encouraged thank you so much joel well this has been what the flock if you'd like a deeper study of this topic and how to deal with people who either bully or enable regarding this topic please listen to the music of life church podcast companion episode thanks for listening everyone and remember if you've been hurt by church you're not alone we're here for you.